Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill was even worse on the tape. But it's not time to bench the veteran quarterback. I'll explain why on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. A lot to talk about. It is our first tick tack. Tuesday of the season, I'm going to be diving into the tape, the coach's film, to tell you exactly what I saw. Ryan Tannehill was even worse on the film. Tim Kelly's offense was even better than I thought on the film. And Peter Skaronsky is NFL ready. I'm going to dive into all that before I do. Thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every single day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year long, on all apps, and always for free. Make sure that you get subscribed, stay subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. We are going to dive into the tape on today's show, but shout out to my everydayers out there. I got a lot of stuff for you guys this week. Tomorrow is What's Next Wednesday. We'll talk about what the big storylines are going into the game against the Chargers. Thursday will be crossover Thursday where we get behind enemy lines information. And then Friday will be game plan Friday where I tell you schematically how the Titans can defeat the Chargers. But let's dive into the tape from the Titans. 16-15 to loss to the New Orleans Saints. And of course, we got to start with Ryan Tannehill. The big thing for me is Ryan Tannehill should not be benched yet. Okay? Ryan Tannehill... Is a veteran here. He still gives the Titans the best chance to win games. All right? Now, I don't think that Ryan Tannehill should be the starter forever. I don't think that he should just have an unlimited leash here. For me, it's four to six games for Ryan Tannehill. If the Titans lose all four of their first games and they go 0-4, then go ahead and put in Levis, put in Malik Willis, whoever wins that opportunity. If the Titans are 2-4 and four or 1-5 and five or 0-6, well, it shouldn't get to 0-6, but if the Titans are 1-5 or 2-4 and four after their trip to London to play the Ravens, then absolutely you bench Ryan Tannehill. You go with one of the young guys. Mike Vrabel gave uh, Marcus Mariota six games before he benched him for Tannehill. You give Tannehill six games before you bench him for a young guy because if the Titans are 2-4 and four or the Titans are 1-5, and five, I'm sorry, but they're not coming back and making any kind of headway like they did in 2019. This isn't that team. So if the Titans are two and four or one and five after six games going into the bye week, then by all means, bench Tannehill, bring in one of the young guys. But until that point, I'm going to let Tannehill kind of work through it because there are three big problems here with Ryan Tannehill that I saw on tape. Number one, he's missing reads or making the wrong read. Number two, he doesn't have the arm strength that he once did and it leads to bad throws. And three, a lack of mobility. 
I make the joke that he's 10-man Tannehill, but that's what he looks like out there on the film when he's trying to evade pressure. But let's go in order here. Let's talk about the misreads. So on early in the game, he missed Hopkins on a wheel route. Just missed him. He was open. Hopkins had his hand up. He missed him. He missed NWI wide open on a wheel route early in the game that would have been a touchdown just right outside of the red zone. Those are just missed opportunities. He made the wrong read on the very first play of the game. It was a 1-2-3 option to the right-hand side of the field. You had Traylon Burks running deep down the sideline. You had Chickaconquo on an out route. And then you had Tajay Spears coming out of the backfield into the flat. It was cover two, and I thought that Burks would be open down the sideline. I thought the safety was too tucked inside. It would have been a touchdown. Tannehill didn't want to take that one. Wanted to play conservative. That's fine. Well, then just dump it out to Tajay Spears. He gets five or six yards. Or he makes a move on the cornerback and gets even more. The worst option, the worst read, was to go to Chickaconquo on the out route. But that's the one that Tannehill picked. One of the worst missed reads that I saw all day was on Tannehill's second interception of the game. There was a play-action pass, a deep crossing route to Chickaconquo, and then a fly pattern by Chris Moore. Chickaconquo was open on the deep crosser. Not only... Did Ryan Tannehill not make the right read and throw it to Chickaconqua on the deep crosser, which would have been a huge explosive play, but he threw it to Chris Moore and he underthrew it and it turned into an interception. We'll talk about the arm strength a little more in just a second, but it was a missed read to start and then a bad throw to follow and it turns into a turnover for the Titans. So that's just unacceptable stuff. And at the end of the day, though, missed reads and bad reads are the things that can improve for Ryan Tannehill. He didn't play enough in the preseason. He came off an injury and missed a lot of games, or not a lot of games, but missed games at the end of the year last year. Came off surgery. Tannehill probably needed to play in the preseason for real. Don't act like he actually played with those three snaps. But he probably needed to play in the preseason for real because he's just not up to speed right now. He's not making the right decisions. He's not seeing the defense correctly. And it resulted in a turnover once and a ton of missed opportunities. But again, That's something that I think Ryan Tannehill will improve at as the season goes along. I think he'll be much better at those reads and those decisions here in a couple of weeks after he gets accustomed to the speed of the game again. What can't be fixed, though, is the arm strength. That can't be fixed. Okay, and that arm strength, like I said, he missed Chickaconquo, but he went to go deep to Chris Moore, and Chris Moore had to stop and turn around and backpedal to come back to the ball, and it was way too short, and it turned into an interception. That's an arm strength problem where Tannehill had time, and he just doesn't have the arm at 35 years old to make that throw anymore, but he tried. And then you look at other opportunities. The missed throw to Chickaconquo that was wide open on the double reverse pass. To me, that's Ryan Tannehill not trusting his arm. Hey, I thought I had a throw to Chris Moore earlier and I undersold it. So I'm going to throw this one a little bit further out because I'm not certain what my arm is going to do right now. And he overthrows it. Same thing with Tajay Spears late in the game on the wheel route down the sideline. I don't know how my arm is going to perform. I tried to make some throws earlier and the arm strength wasn't there. I'm going to put this one out a little bit further just in case. And you throw it too close to the sideline and you overthrow Spears. His arm strength is not there and it's manifesting itself in bad throws. Not only that, but there were two throws to the sideline that should have been interceptions where Tannehill, when he had better arm strength, could probably fit that in on the sideline. But he can't now. He's 35. He's had injuries. He's not warmed up. He's just getting older, folks. The missed reads, the bad reads, those can improve. That can get better, and I think it will get better. And that's why you don't bench Tannehill right away. That'll get better. 
But the arm strength, it's not going to get better as the season goes on, okay? And the last thing that we talked about here is the lack of mobility. On multiple times, Tannehill either had the opportunity to step up with a little bit of pocket presence, or he tried to move around too early and he knocked into his own offensive lineman, got off balance, and took a sack. There's a couple of times where Tannehill has the opportunity to use some mobility and make plays, but he simply can. He's 35 years old. He's had injuries, the ankle, the ACLs. He just doesn't have the playmaking ability that a lot of the guys in the NFL have right now. So the missed reads and the wrong reads, that can get better with chemistry and, and, and timing and getting back up to speed. But the arm strength, it's not going to get better as the season goes on. Mobility, as he starts to take a beating and take sacks and the season wears on, that's not going to get better. So those are things to worry about when you have a 35-year-old quarterback. It's not time to bench Ryan Tannehill yet. The Titans deserve, with their veterans, to, to hang on a little bit longer and let Tannehill improve on some of those things. But, you know, if this thing goes to 2-4 and four, or it goes to 1-5 and five, or, God forbid, 0-6, oh then now it's time to make a change. Because some of these issues with Tannehill, he's 35, and they're just not going to get better. But with that being said, we're going to move forward, talk about some positive things, like Tim Kelly's offense, which was way better than it looked yesterday. Before we get into that, though, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, plus all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time. To join FanDuel, the app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Titans fans, let's continue today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Diving into the film, what I saw on tape. It's a Tic Tac Tuesday. Before we continue it, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, daily Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. I'm going to be doing these tape breakdowns every single Tuesday of the week. And I want to tell you guys this. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, where I post film breakdowns there. Also, make sure that you pay attention to what I'm dropping over at alltitans.com for Sports Illustrated, where I'll be doing long-form film breakdowns in my articles and things like that. People always ask the NFL, very stingy, about what film you can use. Can't use film on the tape, but I'm doing a ton of film work on all the other outlets where I post content. So if you like me on YouTube, you got to follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. You got to follow my written work at alltitans.com for Sports Illustrated. Um, do want to throw in one more thing on Tannehill here before we move forward. Mike Vrabel at his press conference on Monday said, he has to be better. He has to hit guys that are open. Not sure why he was so off on Sunday. Can't throw into double coverage. I don't know. I wish I knew. Ryan has to be better. On Sunday after the game, Mike Vrabel said 
hey, guys got to get open. We got to block, blah, blah, blah. But then on Monday, he said, I don't know what's going on with Tannehill. I don't know why he was so off. Ryan's got to be better. He didn't put the blame on him before he saw the tape, but once you watch the tape, he put the blame on Tannehill. A total change of how he defended or didn't defend Tannehill after he watched that film. Because again, the point I made in the first segment, the film makes Tannehill look even worse. It's bad. Very bad, but... That's something that we just talked about. Let's dive into this Tim Kelly offense because I thought the Tim Kelly offense was way better once I watched it on tape. And that's why I watch tape. I give you guys the instant reaction immediately after the game, and then I go watch the tape, and I come back, and I either confirm what I saw or I tell you where I was wrong and what the tape actually showed. That's the whole point. And I loved the creativity from Tim Kelly. I loved it. He had the reverse to Traylon Burks. That got nine yards. I love getting Burks involved in little gadget plays like that. Um, the way he was moving tight ends in motion. The Titans were using motion across the formation a ton. We're going to dive into that more in just a second. But using motion across the formation at the snap, before the snap, moving the tight ends around. He was taking people across the formation a ton after the snap, before the snap, trying to cross the wires of the defense. Again, we'll dive into that. Had the double reverse pass that was wide open to Chickaconquo that Tannehill missed, but a great design and a great place to take that opportunity. So love to see that. Screen passes that worked for Ryan Tannehill that he tried to get to Traylon Burks, that he tried to get to Tajay Spears. A ton of wheel routes, again, a ton of wheel routes. And then adjustments off those things. I'm going to show you a couple of wheel routes, and then I'm going to do a fake wheel route into an out to the sideline. I love those sort of adjustments. Play action. He would use play action route combinations that the Titans normally run. I talked about it all offseason. My everydayers will know. You have that deep post route to Traylon Burks, and then you have the intermediate crossing route to DeAndre Hopkins. The Titans have been running that forever off play action. Well, they were having Hopkins fake that intermediate crosser, and then boom, go into a blaze out. I love stuff like that. Do what you do. Use your bread and butter, but then have adjustments and counters off your bread and butter to catch people sleeping, especially when they're in man coverage early on. They had the King Cat where Derrick Henry took the Wildcat snap and then went out to the outside. It looked like a power option with him and Tajay Spears. Now, Derrick Henry entirely missed the hole on that play and then lost his balance trying to cut and fell down when it should have been a touchdown, quite honestly, with how it was blocked up and how open it was. But that's besides the point. I'll show that at a later date on the tape later in the week. But that's a design by Tim Kelly that I really liked. 61% of first downs, they threw passes. We've been asking for that. We saw Pony with Tajay Spears and Derrick Henry both in the backfield at the same time. We saw orbit motion with Traylon Burks coming behind the quarterback in motion. And we saw them do multiple different plays off that motion to, to show similar looks and then confuse the defense. I love all of that. We saw jet motion with Spears multiple times. The Titans kept running Tajay Spears in jet motion. One time, they did a play-action pass off of it. The next time, they gave it to Derrick Henry front side. The next time, they gave it to Derrick Henry weak side. Weak side run with at-snap motion going the opposite direction. My God, Tim Kelly. I was having so much fun watching the offensive tape. Now, some of the personal execution ruined some things. Ryan Tannehill specifically really ruined a lot of great schemed-up plays that Tim Kelly had. We all talk about these open passes that Ryan Tannehill missed. Well, who got these guys open? It was Tim Kelly. So I loved all of that creativity 
from Tim Kelly. And again, I talked about one of the keys to victory for the Titans schematically was attacking man coverage because the Saints like to play man. Tim Kelly did that. Early down wheel routes, trying to catch the Saints in man coverage and have tight ends and running backs going down the sideline with cornerback or with linebackers chasing them behind. Mismatches. Uh, there was play action counters, like I said. Fake the intermediate crosser, go into a blaze out. Fake the wheel route, turn it into an out route. I love that stuff. Those are adjustments and counters to what you already do. I talked about the motion. The Titans were using at snap motion. It's not just about sending a guy in motion. It's about doing it while it's at the snap. And here's the thing. When teams are going to play a ton of man coverage against the Titans, which the Saints did, which the Titans have gotten for years now, a ton of man coverage, one of the ways that you can manipulate the box is to use that against them. So if you have a safety plan, man coverage on a tight end, or you have a safety plan, man coverage on Tajay Spears when he split out as a wide receiver, run that guy to the opposite side of the run, and now you're taking away a guy who could be on the front side of the run play. You are manipulating the math using the coverage rules of the defense against them. So the Titans were using a ton of at-snap motion and motion in general to get Saints defenders from one side of the formation to the other side, which helps give you more advantageous situations in the run game math. All right, I love that. That's great stuff from Tim Kelly. And again, a ton of people crossing the formation. So the Titans would run Chigakonkwo in motion to the left, hike the ball while he's in motion, and then have Travon Wesco come from the left and cross back to the right. If you're in man coverage, your defenders are going all over the place. Who knows where the ball is going? You are crossing the wires of the defense. And the Titans are going to continue to get man coverage all year long. So seeing these things that that Tim Kelly is doing to use man coverage against the defense, use their rules on defense against them, it's absolutely fantastic. It's like judo. It's like how you use the guy you're going against. You use his body weight and his momentum to trap him and get him into the move that you want. You are using what the the opposition is doing and using that to be their demise. You're giving them the rope, okay? So I personally, from all that love what Tim Kelly was doing, I liked what I saw from the Titans offense. I complained about the five wide stuff yesterday, but the five wide stuff makes quick, easy reads for Ryan Tannehill. It makes it easy for the offensive line to create the matchups and to know where they're going to be and what they're going to do. The Saints wanted to crowd the line of scrimmage and bring pressure, which everybody does to the Titans. It's much more difficult to put six people on the line of scrimmage when the Titans go five wide. So I forgive Tim Kelly for that. I understand what they were doing. But overall... Attacking man coverage in diverse ways, countering what your bread and butters are, being creative with your play design. I mean, I liked I liked pretty much a lot what I saw from Tim Kelly, and I think I was wrong about my initial diagnosis there. The Saints did some creative things on defense, though. They countered that early man coverage and started playing some zone late. Um, they would drop eight guys in the coverage and only rush three, and they would have five guys in man and three guys in zones watching Tannehill's eyes. That makes it really difficult for Tannehill to do anything, but um, it was a chess match out there. I thought Tim Kelly did enough to get the Titans the win, and it was Tannehill who really let him down, and I thought Mike Vrabel's comments at the press conference that I started this segment with kind of gave you a window into the thoughts as well. Tannehill was worse than 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 even the game film or even the TV copy uh, looked. Tannehill was even worse than that. So we're going to talk about Peter Skaronsky. The rookie guard was fantastic in his debut, the best Tennessee Titan on offense, period, hands down. 
Before we get into that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the most exciting and easiest way to play daily fantasy football. You don't have to go against thousands of other players, pros, sharks, all of that. It's just you against the numbers. So, Price Picks has a statistical projection for every player. Derrick Henry, 85 and a half rushing yards. Ryan Tannehill, 200 and a half passing yards. DeAndre Hopkins, 50 and a half receiving yards. All you do is pick two to six players and say whether they're going to get more or less than what Price Picks has projected. Again, Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay an enormous selection of players and stat types so you can do exactly what you want on prize picks, and that's why it's the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. it's daily fantasy sports. Made easy. Titans fans, let's cap off our first Tick Tack Tuesday of the 2023 regular season, diving into the film, talking about the tape, my All-22 review. We talked about Ryan Tannehill and how the tape was even worse than what we saw on TV, but it's still not time to bench the veteran just yet. We talked about Tim Kelly's offense being a lot better than it looked on TV, which is awesome news. Now I want to continue the great news because Titans' first-round rookie offensive lineman, Peter Skaronsky, was awesome. He was really, really good in this game. And I'm going to tell you guys why before I get into it. Thank you again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Shout out to my everydayers. Let me know who you guys are down below in the comment section. Couldn't do it without you. I have a ton of great content coming up. What's next Wednesday? We're going to talk about what the Titans need to do going forward against the Chargers. Crossover Thursday, where we have the host of Locked On Chargers on to break down this matchup. Friday is Game Plan Friday, where I tell you what the Tennessee Titans need to do to beat the Chargers. And then, of course, I'll be back live on Sunday night with two different episodes breaking down the game. So a lot of stuff coming your guys' way. Speaking of that, my film work is going to be on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, on TikTok, at Locked On Titans. I write for Sports Illustrated at alltitans.com. Check out the work over there. So much film work that I'm going to be putting out this week. Make sure that you guys gobble up it all. But uh, Peter Skaronsky, the highest graded offensive Tennessee Titan in this game, 81.3. He had a 74.2 pass blocking grade. I think it was a 77, 78 run blocking grade. Trying to remember off the top of my head from looking at it earlier but gave up one pressure and one sack. And honestly, in my opinion, you look at that sack, it was Andre Dillard who Dillard should have been helping with the twist stunt and he should have stayed with Skaronsky to deal with Cam Jordan. And instead 
he peeled off to help Tajay Spears with Pete Werner. I don't know why. Why would you peel off to help on a linebacker who's not close instead of sticking with Skaronsky and helping on one of the best pass rushers in the NFL for the last decade? I don't know. I mean, Andre Dillard was not good in this game, so it is what it is. But, I I mean, the sack is on Skaronsky. The pressure is on Skaronsky. But, I don't know. Whatever. I would... I would coach that up for Dillard to stay inside rather than to go outside, which is Mike Vrabel teaches inside out. Anyways, we'll move forward. Uh, other than that, though, Skaronsky won in one-on-one situations in pass protection where it's just him against the defensive lineman. He won over and over. I don't recall seeing him lose a one-on-one pass blocking situation. He also was able to help because, look, who are the two worst pass blockers on the Titans' offensive line? Aaron Brewer, center, who can get bullied, and then Andre Dillard. All right, at least in the game. So when Skaronsky is in the middle of both of those guys, he can help on either side. So Skaronsky either won one-on-one or was helping Dillard or helping Aaron Brewer, which is huge for the Titans' offensive health. You know what I'm saying? Skaronsky was the best offensive player for the Titans. It's kind of absurd, but that is what happened. So good, so good. Not only did he do that, but in run blocking, whether it be a combination block where he's double teaming and climbing to the second level, whether it be just a pure double team where they're trying to drive a guy off the ball, whether it be a down block where he's able to down block on a nose tackle. Skaronsky moved people, man. He moved people. It was a very impressive debut. It was very impressive, quite honestly. Um, Mike Vrabel even talked about it on Monday. He said, quote, he's a fit for this league. He's got good play strength. It's a fact. And I just want to take time to make this point. Thank the heavens that the Titans lost to the Jags. Otherwise, they would have got blitzed by the Chargers. Had to play the Bills again with Josh Dobbs at quarterback at best. Instead, the Titans lost and ended up with Peter Skaronsky, who is the best offensive lineman on their team and who will probably be on their team for the next eight years as a starting solid offensive lineman. He's only going to get better, and he was already their best offensive lineman. So a lot of you folks were in my comments, in my mentions on Twitter last year, calling me loser's mentality, not a real fan, blah, blah, blah. I have followed this team religiously for 25 years. You think that I'm not really a fan or that I'm a loser's mentality because I had the foresight to realize the situation the Titans were in and know that they needed that top 11 pick so they could get a blue chip player? See, guys, you don't always like what I tell you when it's happening. I get it. Guys telling you the Titans should lose the division and lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, No, no. But, guys, sometimes the stuff that I tell you doesn't go down easy. Sometimes it's the medicine you need to hear. All right? That's all I have to say about that. So, Tannehill was even worse on film, but you got to give him at least four to six games before you bench him and go with one of the young guys. Tim Kelly's offense was way better than it looked on TV, and I'm excited about what he can do throughout the rest of the season. 
And Peter Skaronsky is already the best offensive lineman on the Titans, and he's only going to get better. So, wasn't all good, but hey, stayed as positive as I could. Very excited about the season going forward. Hope you guys are too. I will be back with you all again at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, alltitans.com. My film work will be out on Tuesday and the rest of the week. But that is going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.